What is up, everybody? Jordan Miller here with Run to Gun. We are rocking another episode of the Live Beyond Average podcast. It's been a little while since I have had a guest on. Been doing a lot of solo stuff early in the morning, driving to work. And so today, I'm bringing on a new friend of mine. And I tell you what, he is an authentic, authentic guy and one of the kindest guys I have met in a long time. I am really fun for our new relationship kicking off here. His name is Dakota Ennis. And he is the owner of Comfort Tactical. Dakota, what is up, brother? What's up, Jordan? Thanks for having me on here, dude. It's been Absolutely. it's been such an honor to to listen to your run to gun reps in the morning. And you know, it's just something that I definitely wanted to be a part of. So thanks for having me on here, man. Absolutely, dude. I'm stoked. Um, so people don't even know how we met. And it's crazy because we met because we have two of the same mentors and coaches that we work with. So yes, sir. Yes, sir. Yeah, yes. and I don't know. We, we can chop that up a little bit. The the King's Council, it's a shameless yeah. plug. Oh, dude, exactly. Right. So tell tell everybody about this uh King's Council. I joined back in January. When did you join the King's Council Council? Same time, right? Yeah, I actually think we joined uh because you joined from the online event, right? Yep, the online CEO, okay. like yep. January 1st event, right? Yep. So we actually joined around the exact same time. So that's awesome. Yeah. I actually heard about the CEO of your life event for the people that are listening that don't know what that is. Uh, it was basically a, a five day virtual summit that mm-hmm. was, um, you know, as an hour every day that basically broke down um, the five pillars and the seven days of creation. But just it was a really powerful message from um, Steve Weatherford and Riley Meek. Um, and at the end of it, yeah, man, we, we both signed up because I think you know, I don't know about you, but I saw the vision and, and the value in not only having business coaching, but having Christian business coaches, you know, and, and, and faith tied in um, with with business and life and really showing up in your relationships has been something that that I've definitely taken from the group. And I mean, I could go I could go down a rabbit trail on that, but it's just yeah. uh, it's been a great and, and, you know, meeting you has been one of the one of the best parts because you know we talk at least a few times a week um just about business or life or or some of the hunts that that you've been on and and it's been great getting to know you man yeah and it's crazy because what you said there with you know we joined this group um you know it's about business it's about life it's about relationships it's about not religion but having a relationship with god so it's really cool and empowering um and we both you know, kind of how we connected was through how that tribe is built and brought together. It is, it allows all the people within it to be able to connect really easily. And so I think Dakota, you actually reached out to me and uh, we just connected on like a FaceTime, I believe on that first call or a, a, yeah. a, like a private zoom or something and uh, just connected, man. And I was like, I like this guy. <laughs> he's, he's, yeah, he just yeah, had a lot of similarities. Cool. You had that good energy and uh, we were both holding each other accountable on you know, we both had that business similarity, but we both wanted to show up better in our marriages. Like we were really, that was kind of that kickoff point, how we related to each other was we wanted to just show up for each other's marriages, be better husbands, be better dads. And how are we going to do that? Okay. Well, now we have this inner circle. We're going to build our circle to encourage each other and lift each other up and help each other do that. Because as men, we don't have to walk alone. And we tend to think that we have to walk this journey alone because we got to be big, tough, burly men. But what a lot of times that piece is missing is another dude right beside us that like puts our hand on the on their shoulder and just is like, man, I got you. I'm going through the same thing. Let's get better together. And it's pretty epic, man, on how the results happen that way. 
Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And that was like, you know, I think, like you said, it connected us right away because you were like, man, I just starting to dive into these devos with my wife yeah. going through the devotional book. And I was like, I need that in my life. And so that's when I reached out and I was like, hey, what's the devotional book? And then my wife started, you know, my wife and I started doing devotionals and it's been man, it's been a game changer. So I, you know, I, again, I just value our relationship and super thankful, thankful for the King's Council, you know, for bringing us together, man. Absolutely, man. It's, it's been a blessing with a lot of alignments here in the last couple of months, I think for both of us. And uh, what was cool is the alignment that we have with both of our businesses too on we're in similar industry. And we didn't know that when we were kind of connecting. And so it was just really cool. Uh, Dakota, tell, before we get into Comfort Tactical, because we're going to dive into that, I am really excited about the launch of Comfort Tactical, what you're going to be doing, because you are solving a problem that I had for years. And so I connect to your product so much and I cannot wait to get my hands on a pair. But before we dive into that, let's get into a little bit about your back history, your origin story, man. Dakota, tell us where you're from, what you did as a kid. Just dive into yourself a little bit. This is a shameless plug, man. Just really let people know who you are and let people connect with you who are watching this on YouTube or who are listening on in their earbuds. Let them really just connect with you, man. So don't feel like you're talking too much. Get into it. All right, man. I, I appreciate you. Um, yeah, man, a little bit about me. I was born and raised in Iowa. Uh, you know, my, my grandparents had a farm, so definitely had some of the, the upbringing of, you know, working hard, like when I was young, and um, that that's really played into my adult life. Um, after leaving Iowa, after high school, I was big into football, man. I always had the dream, like a lot of people did. I was like, I'm going to the league, you know, <laughs> ended, up, ended up going to play for a private Christian school down in Springfield, yeah. Missouri. Um, Man, but there's a common theme throughout my life. Um, I, I let me let me start with I was the oldest of five kids, um, so I've always you know had to kind of step up and be a leader to my younger siblings, and you know that carried over to the football field where I was a linebacker, and you know always um, always worked to be my best. You know I I wanted to be the captain, I wanted to be the leader of the defense, and so that carried over into college. Um, but I think a theme for my life and that you'll see um, plays out here is that I always had a plan for myself. I was always like, this is what I'm going to do. And this is what I'm going to do. But what you're going to see throughout the story is that like God had a bigger plan outside of my own, because my plan was always like, I'm going to the league, like I said, you know, and then once I get to college, I ended up getting injured my first year. And so that just kind of like changed the trajectory of my life, really. Um, so after getting injured, um, basically I tore everything in my shoulder, uh, my, my pec, rotator cuff, shattered my scapularis, ended up going, um, getting a surgery, um, you know, had a, had a pretty major surgery, was out for six months, did the whole PT thing. Uh, the goal was actually to get back on the field. And so um, went through about a year of, of PT and just rehab. Um, came back for a spring game that my first year of college and basically, you know, went for a tackle. We, we were just playing in the spring game and my, my shoulder just got, just got ripped back. And I was like, it's never going to be the same. That was the moment when it hit me when it was like, football's done for me. Gone, dude. So I say that because, you know, a lot of my identity was wrapped up in football. 
right? And that's that's what I wanted to do. I was also studying criminal justice uh, at that time. I wanted to be a police officer. Um, that's what I'd wanted to be since I was little. Um, you know, so I thought and kind of where I transition here and, and, and this connects with my story is after the fire department, or I'm sorry, not the fire department, not there yet. Uh, but after playing football, I was just, I, I got to a point where it was like, man, now what, you know, do I continue to study to go to criminal justice or, you know, where do I go? Yeah. And um, kind of connecting the dots here after that, I found myself at a volunteer fire department. And, and this is where the fire department comes in is, is I started running a couple of calls with them and I got kind of that passion back for working as a team. Um, the athletic piece of being a firefighter, you know, you know, and I just started running some calls and I was like, man, if I love running calls this much, like I might as well get paid for it. Right. If I'm doing it for free, I might as well get paid for it. Right. So that's when I completely shifted, um, you know, stopped studying criminal justice, uh, went and got my EMT, went through the fire academy. Um, actually, out of that fire academy, I was uh, recruited uh, full time to the fire department that I did the academy at. And yeah, man, that transitioned into a four-year career with the fire department and, um, you know, kind of getting into uh, a lot of personal development. Uh, like as you're a firefighter, you're constantly working on yourself. How can I improve in all the areas of my life, um, including the skills um, that are performed on a fire ground? You know, like you're always trying to get your times down when you're laying hose or when you're throwing a ladder or you know there's just all this competitive yeah that competitive nature is is coming out and you're getting to serve that competitiveness that you had for actual like organized sport previously into professional life but I want to put you on pause really quick and go back to you mentioned like okay you got you got injured you rehabbed up you got better got back on the field re-injured and you said like that's when you knew it was over Yep. And you said that's where you, you mentioned that you, you were struggling right there because you had wrapped up so much of your identity into Dakota, the football player. And dude, I man, you just hit me so hard because I struggled with the same thing when I was my basketball career was over. And I just wanted to jump into that quickly with you. Yeah. that Because I think so many people relate to that and within sports, but also just within a ton of areas of their life because of that you know, for me, Jordan, the basketball player, for you, Dakota, the football player. Right. And for somebody out there listening might be, you know, John, the, the accountant who, you know, worked, worked full-time this accounting thing and something went wrong and he got fired and something happened. Dude, dive into that on how you really felt when you were struggling through that and some of the things that you did that helped you climb out of that hole because we know we've been through it. That is a true dark hole when you've identified yourself as something, um, and it's, it's a struggle, man. So dive into that a little bit if you can. Totally. Yeah. No, I appreciate you slowing me down, man. I'm like a bulldozer. I'll run right I through love the story. It. So <laughs> You're my kind of guy, dude. Thanks for holding me back a little bit. Yeah. Um, yeah. So going back to that, man, one piece that I did kind of skip over was, you know, the identity was so wrapped up in football, you know, after, you know, I wouldn't say it hit me like right away, um, but like within a few months of like not being on the field and then watching your teammates go back out for the next season. And it's like, man, what do I do now? And there was definitely a season of, I didn't realize it then because, you know, I was a macho man back in college, uh, but I realize it now there was a season of depression. Like it really was. It was like, man, 
you know, what do I do with my life? Like, this is what I thought I was always going to do. Um, and I got just really complacent. I got lazy. I mean, just a, a different person from who you saw a year ago uh, that was working out at 6am, you know, studying and then going to practice and then working out again, or, you know, whatever that schedule was. Um, so just getting in this place where I was like, man, what do I do now? And it actually affected my relationships. It affected my health. I actually gained, um, you know, one of the reasons and kind of where I started my fitness journey, um, I gained a whole bunch of weight because basically, you know, they put you on this regimen when you're working out like, you know, six days a week and, and you're doing all this stuff. And so they're feeding you like they're like eat five times a day. You know, we want you to we want you to be as heavy and hit as hard as you can. So we want you to be heavy, but fast, you know, right. so they're feeding you. So when you stop all that exercise and you're just laying around, but you're still eating the same amount. Like I just, man, I shot up to, I think I was almost like 240 mm-hmm. and my, my playing weight was, you know, about 215. Okay. So it was, uh, man, that transition. And I, and when I say my relationships were, were, were damaged, truly, I was dating, uh, she's now my wife. So that's a, that's a God story in itself, but we had been dating for about two years and we actually separated for, for about four months. Um, because, you know, there was something that she saw in me that's like, this isn't the same person that I met, mm. you know, because I really just downhill spiral, you know, I just didn't want to hang out, was lazy, my, my, my house was a mess, you know, just all these different things added up. And I, I got to the point where I think it was really once I lost that relationship that I had for two years with my girlfriend, now my wife, um, just like something's got to change, you know, and that was around the same time I got on the fire department and started on the, on the steps to personal development. And the first one was losing the weight. Right. So, so I dove in and, and lost, went from 240 to 175 over the course of a couple years, you know, it, it was a healthy loss. Yep. Um, but yeah, that just spiraled into, um, this progression. And, and if anybody's wondering, uh, you know, I reconnected with, with my girlfriend and I was like, Hey, you know, I've changed a couple things in my life. You know, I'm kind of back on the right track. Like you want to go on a date again? You know, yeah, so that was about, that was about four or five months later. And that's awesome. Yeah, it's been great ever since. Does that kind of answer your question? Absolutely. And I just think, man, you connected right there because so many, so many men, I think really struggle with that and their identity. Um, because we, we, t- we, t- I think men t- tend to tie who we are with what we do. Yep. You know what I mean? Versus who we are because who God says we are. You know what yeah. I mean? I think that's a really common thing. Um, I struggled with it heavily too. Um, and it was because we, we tend to judge ourselves, whether we know it or not, by looking up at the scoreboard, right? So how we performed on the football field, what our 40 time is, how many points I put up on the basketball court, what my free throw percentage is, all of that is at scoreboard watching. And so we tend to condition ourselves to feel good off of how we perform. And so when we perform bad, or our ability to perform gets taken away. You can't even go out there and perform. All of a sudden, it's just like, well, the scoreboard says zero all the time. And that is yeah. a hard thing to deal with, right? And, and we go into that depression that we don't even know it's depression. And uh, because we, we're tough, right? We don't let that. We got to put on a fake smile. We got to put it on. And we don't want people to know that we have moments of weakness when really, like, this is why this King's Council is so powerful, right? That's why putting yourselves in in awesome circles that way when one guy starts to stumble 
the other guys lift us all up, right? You just grab on. Nope, you ain't falling. I got you. And so like, these are awesome lessons for people because they might be in that same season of like, oh dude, I'm, I've been falling for a while, but the reason I keep falling is because I'm alone. Like I don't have that circle of people to help lift us up. And so like, you know, we had to dig ourselves out alone, which takes extra time. Like it takes a lot of time. And so when we tend to, if we would have been more wrapped up back then, like when we were in college of understanding whose we are versus what we think we are because of what we do, man, imagine how much easier that transition would have been. Not that it wouldn't have been still difficult, but it would have probably been a lot easier for us. Right. Totally. Like, be like on to the next thing, you know, all right, that season didn't work out. What else does God have planned for me? But yeah, it was not, not that simple. Because you had big dreams. Like I call them, I had the same things, man. I was like, we were going to go pro, you know, and I call them discouraging dreams. Like we dream so big that sometimes you look at the dream and you're like, oh, this is almost discouraging, but they're awesome. Like, and I think that's how big we should be dreaming, but it also makes the fall sometimes more difficult. But it's crazy to think and look back on those things that we thought we were dreaming as absolute big as we possibly could at the moment. And we still got broken down and put into other better, bigger things because those dreams weren't even big enough for what God's plan was for us. You know what I mean? Like, that's crazy to think about that. Like your football dream going pro, that wasn't even big enough, dude. That's why it was like, that's why it was taken away because it wasn't, it wasn't big enough. Like, yeah, yeah, I I love that. I just think it's epic, dude. So you are now reconnected with your girlfriend, now wife, and yep. you're on the firefighter. Let's keep going. Let's keep this freight train rolling, man. Yeah, yeah, man. So, um, and, and I just want to uh, want to touch on that real quick and, yeah. and just say that this is like to my point where I was trying to do this by myself. Like there's a possibility if I was trying to do it when I was connected with God in my relationship that I could have gone further with football. I don't know, but Mm. I was just trying to do it on myself. So I wasn't getting anywhere, you know, Uh, I was confusing movement with progress and uh, like that. Yeah, man. And, and and so once I get to the fire department reconnected with my wife um, at that point, somewhere along the line, we got engaged, but I would say within about two years of being at the fire department, um, I started to, you know, I'd done so much work in self-development and it started to look at the future and I started to think, okay, let's see, you know, I'm happy to share my salary. I was, I was in Missouri. I was making $27,000 a year as a full-time career firefighter. And I'm, I'm just looking at, I'm looking at the next steps. I'm saying, okay, a Lieutenant, I'm going to be at 40,000. And then at, you know, a captain, I'm going to be at 50 and then I'm going to cap at $65,000 a year in 20 years. Right. And I was like, there's nothing wrong with that, man. Mm-hmm. Some people, but I just felt called to um, be able to provide, um, you know, enough that would not only fill my plate for my family, but would spill over and I would be able to help um, charities. And and I could, that's a whole nother story. I've been to Absolutely. Haiti three times. So, you know, I've done a lot of mission work out there and I've just seen the, the, the poverty and something that I've always wanted to give back. And you can't do that on $27,000 a year. You know, you, you're, right. you're barely making enough to, to feed yourself. So that was something where I was like, man, what do I do? You know, like what, what can I do on my, and it originally started, what can I do on my off days? Because I worked uh, 48 96s. So I worked two days on and we, I had four days off. Okay. So, and some people, some people think four days off, you know, that sounds great. 
But I mean, you know, your day after shift, you're pretty much recovering. And the day before shift, you're basically prepping to go on shift. So yes. it's like having a couple of days off, but it allowed me to think like, what else could I do to make money? Really? That was the big thing because I wanted to give financially uh, to some of these charities. Okay. And, you know, I, I basically came up with, I want to own my own business. Like, but what does that look like? And at the time, you know, it, I, you're a trainer, so you can you can relate to this. It was kind of during the um, the online fitness like boom, like everybody started going online and training online, and then uh, you know, uh, so I, I started reading about that and learning about it. And one thing that I noticed was like everybody that was owning their own business knew how to sell to some capacity, you know, some capacity. Yeah. They were like. They have sales skills. They they can, and so I was like, dude, I don't know anything about sales. That's the first step for me. Like, I'm gonna go get a sales job just to learn how to sell. Oh, like, I was like, I don't care how much I make. Like, just teach me how to sell. And so I actually sold printer cartridges for about a year and a half. Was able to go through a series of sales training and classes, and that really um, just just boosted me into the world of business and entrepreneurship and working with business owners and. And uh, I'm getting kind of sidetracked here, but no, that's crazy, dude. I love it. That, that propelled me in, into the skills. So now, um, fast forward to where I'm at right now. I live in Tacoma, Washington. When I got out here, the plan was to continue to do um, B2B sales to develop those skills because I had I had changed the mindset out of um, the fitness world. I was doing it. It was too much money driven. I wasn't really passionate about training others. And so I, I really disconnected from that. And I was like, man, I still want to own my own business, but I don't know what in. Okay. And yeah. Uh, any, any questions on, on that series before I jump into comfort tactical? Yeah. So I love the self-awareness you had, because that's something that is, you know, a missing piece for a lot of us too, is we've, we've dove into that a lot on this podcast over the last year on, you know, slowing yourself down and asking yourself questions and figuring out like what those things are. And that's what you did. You were like, okay, like I've noticed that, you know, sell all these people have this common denominator who are making money. They know how to sell. And so like, you didn't just like sit there and be like, okay, well, I know that. No, you got up, took action. Like, okay, how do I need to learn how to sell? I need to get myself in the arena to learn how to sell. So you went and got a job that enabled you to take classes, to learn about selling, to connect with business owners to look at people's businesses like that's super interesting to me man because that's a that's not a a common thing that's an uncommon thing but yeah, it's a yeah, common sure. denominator between people who are successful if you know you talk to anybody who's successful or what we consider to be you know successful business owners or coaches or whatever it is it seems to be that they take action and put themselves in the same room as the people who they know know how to do what it is they want to do yeah and yeah and it's crazy. It's just kind of like a non-excuse thing. They just make it happen. They get themselves in the room. They get their foot in the door and then they go, which just, and then it just starts, the momentum starts to snowball. So yeah. it's, I, I thought that was really cool, man. I don't think we've talked about that. So that's yeah, yeah. awesome. Yeah. And a lot of people, you know, I don't know if I, I speak on that enough. Maybe I should a little bit more, but that time of my life, when I was learning sales, there was so much like that. I, I it's hard to even explain that I just broke out of my shell mm. and I just, was more comfortable making those cold calls. I got more comfortable public speaking. I mean, all these different things that I was, you know, I wasn't a shy person. I was always outgoing, but it's on a different level when you walk into a business completely cold 
and you, you attempt to sell them something and, and you attempt to build rapport very quickly and get through the decision maker or, you know, get through to the decision maker and all those steps. So that, you know, they're definitely skills that I'm carrying over to Comfort Tactical. I'm getting some break up there. Are you, are you? Are you at all? I'm so good. Um, I, are you? Uh, okay. No, I'm good. I'm good now. Okay. I just, it Let looked like you froze for a sec. Yep. No, I was taking well, notes, man, because uh, what you, man, what you were doing so much of like, we think of you, some people might think of like, I was at that job, like I went and sold ink cartridges for a year and a half. Yep. And you look back and we all have these like steps, it feels like to get to where we're going. And a lot of times it can be viewed as like a wasted step or a job that like I hated, but yeah. it really isn't because what you were like, a lot of times what we're doing in those segments is putting in reps. Like we talk about the run two gun reps, man. Like yep. what is that? What is that for me? It's me practicing. You know what I mean? It's me putting in reps that way when opportunity rises, it's good. Like you're doing the exact same thing. Like you're in this business learning how to sell. You're going in selling these ink cartridges or whatever it is you're doing. And you're putting in reps, man. Like all of those skills learned over time, public speaking, learned you probably were to, like if it was recorded that first time you spoke it was like you look at it now you'd probably be embarrassed right like it was horrible it was horrible but but i mean man every time like i just if i can touch on that real quick like yes. public speaking was not my thing like i had to give a, a football speech in high school and it was horrible i mean like <laughs> like i was like red you know i'm speaking to like 300 parents and it was it yes. was awful but Dude. fast forward to man yeah. I remember the biggest thing and the, the biggest thing that changed for me was being in a room of like 40 people. And it was like a networking event. I don't know if you've ever been to it, but everybody gets up and they give their like five, you know, 30 second spiel or whatever. Sure. And I just remember the feeling of like, okay, this person's going next and then it's me. And I just have to like build the courage, stand up, give my thing and then sit back down. And when I started seeing like people react and they're like, oh, they actually enjoyed hearing what I was saying that built the confidence up. Um, so that's kind of what I meant by the, the public speaking piece. But yeah, you put in the rep, man. And when you put in the yeah. rep, the yeah. muscles get flexed. It gets, you know, you get, you get bigger, you get stronger, you get better at it. And that's happens by taking the action. You took the action to get the job. You took the action to go train yourself. And then that, what did it do? It built self-confidence and that self-confidence allowed you to then move further into exactly what the goal was, was owning your own business. Owning my own business. So we're here. Comfort yeah. Tactical. Um, let me let me tell you how it started, where the mindset Absolutely. came from. So Comfort Tactical is something that uh, that I had an idea for actually a while ago, back when I was at the fire department. Uh, what okay. would happen is it was it was like one of those problems that needed solved, but you just don't know it's a it's a big enough problem yet. You just keep thinking about it, and you're like, oh, you never connect the two that oh, this could be a business, you know. And what that was for me is when I would get off shift at the fire department, um, you know, after a 48 hour shift is I always concealed carry. This is a, this is a, a concealed carry brand, you know, it's an apparel brand. And so when I would get off and be like, man, if anybody knows when you conceal carry, you basically have to wear jeans or something, uh, you know, that you can wear a belt with um, to conceal, which can be just uncomfortable, especially after like a long shift. And um, I was like, man, I wish I could wear sweatpants, you know, and, and I connected that back then, but I never like, I never thought about it. So fast forward to a couple years later, um, I'm actually out here in Tacoma, Washington, and my wife and I were wanting to go for a walk out and it was like springtime, you know, uh, May, June. And we 
we we basically were like well, let's go for a walk and i was like oh i gotta carry my pistol and so i was like oh i gotta wear jeans and i was like wait a second why can't i do this in sweatpants like and so i go yes. search i go search and that kind of like that's uh you know and, and i feel like a big piece here is that I was starting to surround myself with entrepreneurs thinking like, what kind of problems can I solve? And so my mind was always firing on ideas, you know, and like, what can I do? What can I solve? And this was one of them that was near and dear to my heart because, you know, I I wanted to be comfortable when I concealed, especially like going on walks with my wife or just trips to the grocery store or, you know, outside of your day-to-day life, you know? Yeah. And so basically where that, led me to was oh there's no sweatpants out there for concealed carry and one thing led to a next i was in my living room cutting up a pair of my tactical pants basically (laughs) (laughs) basically basically sewed the waistband onto these sweatpants and i just put a belt on and i was like wow this is super comfortable like this is this, this is the idea and yeah, that, that's kind of where it stemmed from. So tell me you have that, photos of cutting up those pants, dude. I do. I do. Yes. I did. Yeah. Oh, I can't wait to see them, man. Like, because I yeah. bet it's just an absolute mess, man. And it's going to be epic, dude. I love it. That's how all great things get started right there. Yeah, man. No, I literally took a pair of my 5'11 pants that I wore at the fire department <laughs> and I just cut the waistband off and I took, this is going to sound super funny, but I took fishing line. Okay. And a needle because I didn't have any sewing stuff. Yes. And I, that's literally what I sewed the waistband on with just for just to like put it on wear around the house. And I'm like, yeah, this is this could actually work. And so one thing led to a next. I actually connected with my business partner. I'm a co-founder of Comfort Tactical. Okay. We connected, started brainstorming, sat down, prototyping, went through a couple months of the prototyping phase and, and, and people wearing, you know, our prototypes and like, what do you think? And we got a lot of great feedback of like, man, this is the most comfortable way to conceal. Like I never want to take these off. Like, yes. because one big piece here is that a lot of people will um, not carry to be right. comfortable. You know, they'll leave their weapon at home just to be comfortable. And that's not, you know, what we want. You know, if, if yeah, you can feel. Yeah. Giving up safety for comfort. You know what yeah. I mean? Yeah, exactly. So this is the way, you know, we definitely solved that going through that couple months of prototyping, we really dialed in and figured out what people wanted to see in the sweatpants, how the waistband, you know, how they fit, you know, what else can we add to make them more tactical, I guess you could say like more practical, really, uh, for someone that conceals. And yeah, man, we came up uh, with a great design. What we did is we we made them from scratch, we took fleece sweatpants, we reinforced the waistband uh, with with a heavy material and uh, added belt loops to the sweatpants um, so that you could wear any nylon belt that you already have, like a tactical belt. You can actually conceal carry inside the waistband or outside the waistband. So these are cool if you want to go like on a hike out in South Dakota or something like that. You can just open carry, you know, if you're going to, I don't know, people that live on a farm, if you're going to check cattle or whatever it is, man, throw on the sweatpants. Uh, throwing your pistol and head out there and yeah so uh basically the the only other feature that we added we're, we're going to launch our base model uh actually next monday not sure when this podcast is going to be released but next monday april 5th we're going to be launching comfort tactical um the, the other thing that we added to these sweatpants are we added deeper pockets okay and we re- and we reinforce the pockets oh, nice. so one issue that a lot of people run into when they wear sweatpants in general 
is when they sit down, their keys fall out of their pocket or their phone falls out. Or Cell phone everything. slides out, like sitting on the yeah. sitting on a leg press or something. Your phone's always yeah. falling out. What's worse than that? <laughs> yeah, exactly. And so we made uh, deeper and wider pockets for these sweatpants. Awesome. Uh, they're, they're custom designed. And I can actually tell you on a personal level, I took my Glock 48 and I could put it in my pocket. And just, really? I mean, there's some pretty serious pockets. So you're not going to have to worry about your keys, your phone falling out. And then the other feature that we added to them is we reinforce the corner of the pocket. I don't know if you've ever seen like tactical pants, but like 511s, you you actually have a reinforcement at the bottom of the pocket where if you slide a knife clip mm-hmm. or, or pins mm-hmm. or something, it, it, uh, it doesn't allow for the pocket to tear. Um, yes. So we reinforce that corner. So Dude, I yeah, love man, that. We're, yeah, we're, we're super excited to launch. Um, a lot of people, man, have given us really good feedback on the idea and just that they've had the problem of like not being comfortable when they concealed carry. And I think that's, you know, another level that we connected on as well, because can you kind of speak on your story? And when, when you first heard the idea, you were like, Oh my goodness, this is something that I've, I've had an issue with for a long time. Yeah. So I think we connected on this. You were telling me about it, maybe like late January, maybe early February when we first. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah pretty early. Yeah. When we were talking about, you know, how you were launching soon. And you told me about it. And I was like, whoa, 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 wait. Like, I'm like, I want a pair right now. Like, because you were solving a problem that I dealt with for years. So I trained in managing commercial gyms from 2011 all the way until 2016-ish. And then I was still going around to like managing some different supplement stores, things like that, where I was wearing sweats around all the time up until 2019. And I would always take my, when I was training, all those years i would take my duffel in because i'd have all my, like i go in at five in the morning and i wasn't leaving until seven at night and so all my stuff for the days in my duffel bag i have all my food my shoes my gym clothes to work out my gym clothes to train my people in so i look professional all that stuff in my day bag and but i'd wear sweats or shorts right and so we had a little trainer spot in the big commercial gym that you know we have our trainer's desk where we'd sell our personal training but i'd have to leave and i i'm a big time i like to carry and, but I've never could carry on me. And in a commercial gym, when you have thousands of people in and out of there every day, you don't know what could happen. Obviously there's always that opportunity that, you know, there's an active shooter, there's an issue that something. So I would leave and I felt super dumb for it and I didn't like it, but I would have my, my concealed weapon would be in my gym bag that was behind the trainer's desk. Right. Right. And so I would still have to figure out a way to navigate, to get myself to the trainer's desk, to get my weapon if I was going to defend myself, right? Yeah. Or I just have to jet and get out of the building. But I don't want to do that. Like the point is I could be the only one with, with, the, with the weapon to stop this thing. And yeah. so I always felt super uncomfortable not being able to carry for 12 hours, 13 hours a day in the gym. And when you were telling me about this, I was like, dude, this is like, this product totally serves me because I would have been rocking that thing for years. And and luckily, you know, I'm, I'll still rock it. I train in a personal training studio, but now it's like, I'll still be able to rock it. Cause that's, I, I literally live in sweatpants and camouflage is how I make a living. <laughs> I couldn't be more oh, excited yeah, yeah, about absolutely. it. And so, so, I mean, luckily in the camel, I, yeah, I can wear my, I can wear, wear my conceal. I can always carry that. But in the big portion of my life that I'm wearing sweats, I can't. And now you're just like, yeah. your product is solving a problem that has been on my mind for years. And when you talk about how, you know, Dude, you got the vision for it because that was a problem from 2011 to how to now that I've had, but not once has anything crossed in my mind. Be like, oh, how do I solve that problem? You know what I mean? Like 
there was your gift and your vision in your head that was just like, this is a problem. And like, this is how I solve it. Okay, I'm going to create it. I'm going to cut up a $100 pair of pants of 511. Yeah, yeah. I can't get that out of my mind, dude. Like I can just vision like chopping yeah. up this expensive pair of pants. They're not cheap. Pair of no, pants. they're not. Yeah. And, uh, and prototyping this. But that's the commitment. Like that's the vision, the clear vision and commitment you had for it was to cut up a pair of your expensive pants and take fishing line and construct these, man. Like can create that vision. And I just, I'm so pumped about that because I just know this is going to be huge, dude. And I can't wait on Monday to buy myself yeah. a pair because I'm getting some sent out here right away and I'm going to be flaunting them off to everybody. Yeah, no, thanks. I, yeah, I appreciate it. And, and it's funny that the fishing line story, I just want every, I want to preface this. They are no longer made with fishing lines. <laughs> they, they, <laughs> they, like they, 20 pound they, test or something like that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah exactly I, I don't remember what it was probably it's for salmon so some yeah. pretty thick stuff but no no we're we're actually you know kind of leads me to the manufacturing piece um we're, we're going to be manufactured right here in the usa uh they're going to be manufactured in dallas texas so making yeah. them from scratch local manufacturers um and, and that was a really important piece to us with manufacturing uh, because we knew that a lot of the people that would be buying this product would value the product being you know made in the usa so it's something that obviously costs more to make in the usa but it but it's really an, an important piece to us so um yeah all our clothes are made here in the usa um on monday we're going to be launching the first pair of I, i'm, I'm going to launch the name here that's the first pair of off-duty sweats um yes. we, we came up with the off-duty sweats uh, and, and kind of the name behind it is because you know i'm sure there's going to be a lot of officers a lot of people that work day jobs a, a, you know, a lot of first responders that are going to get quote unquote off duty and you want to want to transition into the sweats. So that's where the off duty name came from. It's going to be launching the off, off duty sweats on Monday, uh, along with t-shirts, hats and masks, you know, and a couple other things for pre-order. So super excited to launch our store and, uh, and excited to see where it goes. What time is that store launching? Do you have a time? Yeah, no, don't have a time nailed in yet. Um, but I, I want to be the first out. one to order. So I was gonna say, <laughs> let, let me put one out there. Live. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Let, let me put one out there right now. Let's launch at 8 a.m. on Monday. So 8 a.m. You guys heard it. 8 a.m. Monday, April 5th. And I'm guessing that's 8 a.m. Pacific time. So if any of you guys are listening out here mm -hmm. in South Dakota, you know that's going to be 10 a.m. Central. Um, so jump on. And yeah, and if you're anywhere else, do the math on that because yeah, exactly you're on the yeah, east coast. Let, you know it's ten. Let me give you the time. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And and so we're gonna be launching. You're gonna be able to purchase uh, the Comfort Tactical sweats, uh, the off-duty sweats through our website. It's comforttactical.com. Sorry about that. Uh, it's comforttactical.com, okay. uh, or you can find us on Instagram or Facebook at Comfort Tactical, and we'll have a shop set up on there as well. So. Awesome. Yeah, man. Super excited. You can hear my passion behind Absolutely. the sweatpants. I'm, I'm excited to launch and I really appreciate you having me on here and just, you know, letting me share. And if, if do you have any questions on the sweatpants or anything that I missed that I could share that we've talked about in the past? Dude, you're prepared, man. Your, your, uh, your passion and preparedness did wonderful. Um, <coughs> excuse me, but I'm just excited for you, man, because <coughs> When, when the passion like that comes through and you, you know, your vision was coming through and the, and the being prepared, 
good things are going to happen, man. So I'm excited to get on over to comforttactical.com on Monday, order myself a pair. Um, if all of you guys want to want to jump on and support them too, like you said, Facebook, Instagram is Comfort Tactical, right? At Comfort Tactical. Yep, Comfort Tactical. Perfect. And so you can just connect with Dakota over there if you have questions as well on his pants coming out. Um, man, I can't wait to get myself a pair and show them off around here. Yeah, thanks, man. I, I'm excited to get run to gun and in some in some off duty sweats and and Absolutely. man, I, you know, I, I also have to you know give you a plug as well with your supplements because. Um, the seeker supplements is something that I've been taking for the past couple of weeks that you've know, you know, yes, and, and you know how hard it is to get a business off the ground. I mean, it's hard. There's a, there's a lot of steps, you know, in, in getting your, your shipping set up and yes. getting your website launched and getting your product perfect and all these things. And seeker, um, the original seeker has actually helped me so much. I've been taking it every morning um, and it's helped me focus and just really get the hard things done that require a lot of focus and attention. And so I just want to give you, you know, a plug on that because it's been super helpful in my life, man. And, awesome. and I, you know, super thankful for you. It makes me so happy because that's what it's there for, because, you know, we've gotten to connect over the last couple of months to kind of close up the story a little bit. Um, you know, we both are a direct to consumer company. And so, you know, we've got to connect and talk about how, you know, we're doing our manufacturing, how, you know, we get our products and we hold our own inventory and we do the distribution ourselves. It's not like somebody's taking an order and somebody else is filling out this order for us. And we have somebody else's product that we're selling with our logo on it. Like, no, like our products are our own. Like we created these businesses. We, you know, we put our brand on our own product. We are taking our own hands and putting them in boxes and writing the thank you notes and taping it and hauling it to us you know, hauling it to whatever distribution you're, you're going through, whether it be USB, you know, PTO, whatever it is, you know, it is that time we are personally giving into the, the tangible product to our customers and how much time and effort and thought and that goes into that, like every single order, like you are touching every single order and putting out and how important that is for people to understand. Cause I think it's just very common to think, oh, it's coming out of a district Amazon distribution center, you know, and it's just, you just have it on the website and it's being shipped somewhere. Like, no, like you are personally putting that in a box and, and shipping it out to somebody with like your own love and care and passion. And it's just a rare thing. I know that's been the number one question for me. So I'm sure it's going to come up for you as well that people think it's just like my own label around somebody else's product. Like, no, it's mine. Like same with you. Like, no, this is, it's not just your logo put on somebody else's pants. Like, no, you created these things, you know, and it's just, a very special thing that I want people to understand. And I know how much conversation Dakota and I have had over just getting over these obstacles of logistics of like ordering your, your apparel, you know, your, your, um, Materials. The, the cloth and things like that and having it shipped to get manufactured and then shipping it back to yourself and all the things, all the logistics that us business owners go through that aren't seen and understood. Um, and, and how margins are lost that way and how things happen and, and, and why the cost is the way it is for quality and made in the USA and the assurance of that and supporting local and supporting small businesses and how epic it truly is when you start to understand what a business owner like yourself goes through, the sleep loss, the effort put in, the passion put in, and then still working to provide for your family on top of everything we just talked about. Yep. Like, dude, you're doing epic stuff, man. And, and it's just like, you are literally, I feel like just like 
on the foothills of the big summit. You know what I mean? Like, I just know great things are happening for you, dude. And I'm just so part to be so pumped to be a part of this small, you know, just be your friend and be able to encourage you and watch you scale, man, because you're going to scale up to the top of that summit. It's going to be epic. Yeah, I, I appreciate that, Jordan. And I'm really excited, honestly, to, you know, we're having this conversation right now, but I'm excited to look back in five years. Yes. Be like, oh, we had this podcast, you know, talking about the launch of your business. And this is where Run to Guns at. And this is where Comfort Tacticals yes. at. I think that's a, a, a cool vision that we can have as business owners and small business owners, because right now you're right. We're writing those handwritten letters. We're, we're, we're packaging the boxes ourselves, but um, who knows where the company's going to be in five, 10 years. You know, we might not be able to write letter in every single Everyone, quarter. You it know? might be logistically impossible to yep. write that many hand notes a day. And I know the way you and I believe now that we don't put self-constructed ceilings on ourselves, that right. that can't happen because yep. If we let our, our humanness take through, we can look at logistics and think, well, that seems impossible. But we know what we believe is that there is no ceiling that we're going to put on ourselves on, the, on what we can accomplish, what our businesses can do, because we know that abundance is, is a true thing that is, is very possible in our lives. And I'm just yeah. pumped, dude. So yeah. maybe we'll be down five years down the road and we'll be doing this in your giant warehouse of comfort tactical with yeah just aisles of different types of apparel that you're going to be kicking out i love that i love that hopefully right next to yours you know full of full of deer heads and, and elk and, <laughs> and, all, and all this other stuff you know man, i gotta step up, anybody watching the video i gotta step up my background game man look at, <laughs> look, look at this background he's got over here i love dead animals and you're only looking at like one little corner wall i mean you're not i mean there's dead animals all around me right now i'm surrounded by death <laughs> but the memories are alive that's the thing right i mean that is the passion that i have man for uh my side of my the hunting side of the business dude and i will get into that another time because i know you have a passion for that as well and so i i don't doubt that there's going to be a run to gun comfort tactical hunt filmed at some point i'm ready for uh, it man i'm ready for it you just you just let me know we'll have to do a whole podcast it's gonna happen yeah we're gonna have to do a whole podcast just on the just on the hunt. And, and I'm sure, you know, definitely going to, to have you on my podcast. I'm going to be launching the next couple of months Perfect. and uh, yeah, just throwing that out there. And, and man, I, I appreciate you having on me, you know, me on here and, and thank you to all the listeners and people that, that tune in to run to gun. And it's, it's, it's been an awesome experience, man. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you, Dakota. Make sure to go over you guys, follow his Instagram page, follow the Facebook page and support comfort tactical. It's going to be an epic journey and you are getting in on the ground floor. So get in there and support it. Dakota, thank you so much for jumping on the Live Beyond Average podcast. And we will definitely have you on again, brother. We'll see you later. Thanks, sir.